0: today on Sagittarian Matters, it's a vegan holiday food extravaganza featuring easy gifts, favorite foods to eat, cookies, protein, and more with my splendid Sagittarian table guest, Morgan. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. What's the ho ho welcome to a very special holiday edition of the splendid sagittarian table i will soon be joined by fan favorite vegan baker morgan to talk about our top 10 foods holiday foods easy vegan food gifts we'll answer some of your questions discuss protein and so much more but before we get to that i wanted to talk about a few things number one Producer Ponyo is currently recovering from a surgery she had to rid her of her oracle eye. She let it go. It's hovering in the cosmos, seeing the future, seeing the past, but never the present. And Producer Ponyo is here. She is currently wearing a cone, wrapped up in a Snoopy blanket, and she has been eating pizza crust because she gets to eat whatever looks good to her right now. For those of you that didn't know, Producer Ponyo has been blind in her left eye for a number of years, and it recently started causing her pain, so it had to go. It's sashayed away, but I want you to know she's still here. She's actually, from within her cone in her blanket, she has one tiny shaved arm sticking out, doing the levels on the soundboard as I record this introduction. What a producer. What a friend. Thanks, Producer Ponyo. She also wanted me to thank everybody that sent her a voicemail, a message, a photo, lit a candle for her, or offered her support as she went through this process. I appreciate it, too, because it was actually very, very hard. A silver lining of this is I am now a member of a Facebook group called the, gosh, the Canine Winkers Club. It's something about winking, and it's a club for one-eyed dogs. If you have a one-eyed dog, join us. We're having a great time over there. A lot of pictures. Okay, and other news, last year, at this time, friend to the show and esteemed Capricorn Beth Pickens joined me to do a holiday survival guide. We answered advice questions. We gave unsolicited advice, a holiday survival guide for those of you who will either see your families or be in uncomfortable situations this holiday season. You can listen to it now. It's episode 140. It's still on iTunes. But in the meantime, I'm illustrating 12 of our most poignant or some of my favorite bits of advice from that episode, and I'm posting them on my Instagram page, at Nicole J. Georges. Once we have a complete set, I will put it on the Sagittarian Matters Instagram page. And in the meantime, I have posted the entire set on Patreon.com on my Patreon page for honorary Sagittarians and above. You can find me at Patreon.com/slash Nicole J. Georges to see the whole set, or Just hang out on Instagram, and I will be posting them between now and Christmas Eve. Enjoy. The thing I posted today from the Holiday Survival Guide was a picture of a sloth meditating, and the bit of advice was, take breaks. Listeners, I paid good money to learn this advice. I paid hundreds of dollars to learn this advice from a therapist. Sagittarian matters. We go to years of therapy, so you don't have to. Just kidding. Please go to therapy. The thing about taking breaks is when you are going to have to see family members or somebody that makes you uncomfortable in some way, please, or somebody who just feel overstimulated by at some point, before you get into that situation, think to yourself what your capacity is. This could be when you are booking your tickets. This could be when you are deciding, oh, I can really only be around my cousin for 25 minutes at a time before things go south. It could be the feeling of things going south on your end or on their end. So make these choices for yourself before the other person is even involved. And then when you're in those situations, honor that and give yourself a break. A break can be you spending way too long in the bathroom doing a very short meditation. It could be you taking a nap, leaving the property, going for a walk, making up an errand, whatever you need to do, take a break, take care of yourself I learned this before a visit with a very problematic family member, and we both came out of it unscathed for the first time in our entire relationship. So that's my tip for the day. In other news, JK Rowling today defended a transphobic scientist on Twitter. Such a shame because I love Harry Potter. Uh, I just want to say, just it should be said, that if you are purposefully misgendering people who are trans or non-binary or gender fluid, gender non-conforming, intersex, anything. Uh, it doesn't make you a brilliant scientist. It just makes you an asshole and also a transphobe and maybe a turf. So please, please. I just, I wish JK Rowling was, I wish somebody would say expelliarmus to her the next time she picks up her phone to tweet and sits her down and gives her a very basic very basic talk about gender and trans 101 and maybe a little something about empathy and I don't know what somebody needs to do I'm sure there's a Harry Potter spell can somebody think I don't know if it needs to involve a pensive or some kind of tonic but or like her having to walk around and being misgendered all day and how does that feel I just I would like something magical or otherwise to happen in J.K. Rowling so that she could come out of this and say, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I was incredibly wrong. That woman's not a brilliant scientist. She's just an asshole. Thank God I listened to Sagittarian Matters. Anyway, that's my wish. And other news, I'm enjoying the His Dark Materials series on HBO. And after I watch every episode, I go to the AV Club and read their experts level review, which means a review for people that have read the books. And the guy that writes it, I don't remember his name. He's such a curmudgeon. He's an intelligent curmudgeon. And even though I'm enjoying the series, just because it's fun to see things like armored bears, um, he picks it apart point by point. Other His Dark Materials nerds come out of the woodwork to also offer their perspective on things like Panzerbjörn culture or you know, demons, all kinds of stuff. People that haven't read the series, I recommend His Dark Materials. And a demon, it's not like a little devil thing. It's an external version of your soul in the form of an animal. If you're an expert in this book world and you want to call me out on how I just explained that, I welcome it. Anyway, it's – if someone's at my door, I'm going to be so upset. Anyway, sorry. It's an externalized version of your soul in the form of an animal. And being apart from your demon is very, very painful and feels like your actual soul being split apart. So going through this time with Ponyo, it's been really nice to revisit the books and to revisit the world through the Book of Dust series, which I listened to on Audible, which is not a sponsor, so I don't want to say it. Anyway, Those are my recommendations. Please enjoy my talk about vegan holiday foods with front of the show, fan favorite, vegan baker extraordinaire, Morgan. Morgan, welcome back to Sagittarian Matters. I'm back. What's up? Hi. Happy winter. Th- thank you. Morgan, I want to talk to you about holiday foods. Oh, yeah. I want to talk to you about navigating the holidays as a vegan. Ooh. I want to talk to you about some non-holiday foods that I just really like. And then we have a lot of questions from listeners. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, what, is your, what are your favorite holiday foods?
1: Well, you know, like there's all kinds of holidays and there's all kind of winter holidays. So, you know, do whatever you want with all this information because, you know, celebrate everything. Celebrate my celebrate, birthday. Celebrate Nicole's birthday. Most importantly, obviously yeah. the holiday that counts. Um, well, you know, I like love eating all kinds of foods, um, but um, as far as like the gift giving end of the holidays, um, I love to make a food and share it just because. It's fun, and it's a thing I like to do. Um, some holiday gift ideas that have worked in the past that I think are really, really fun. Salad dressing. Sounds so boring. It's not.
0: It's not.
1: Give a good salad. Everybody loves a good salad.
0: What are you talking about? So well, what would you put in this dressing? How would you package it? I've never gotten a salad dressing for you to be, from you, to be clear.
1: I've been probably making the same salad dressing for um, maybe a decade and I cannot get enough of it. Maybe I'll share the recipe. It's just garlic, apple cider, vinegar, olive oil, salt and pepper, but you gotta saute the garlic. And it's just like good on everything. Once you stop, once you pop, you just can't stop. I'm pretty sure that's trademarked, but whatever. So Um, so salad dressing, mm -hmm. just make it, share it. You know, everyone's gonna use it. Maybe even during whatever festive meal you're celebrating at the time. Um, another hit that I really love that I'm going to make again is mustard. Homemade mustard is so easy to make and so good. And like all it takes is mustard seed, maybe like a vinegar or a hard cider or a non-hard cider of your choice with some vinegar and then add an herb and then you just let it sit. Mustard it up. You can even add it into the salad dressing if you want. Double up. Uh,
0: uh. <laughs> all, right. all right. All right. I would, I would eat some mustard. I remember going on tour in Germany and all the German mustard is so intense and hearty. Yeah,
1: like, like, ooh, it kind of hurts, but it tastes good.
0: Yeah. And then just like smuggling so much of it back to the States.
1: Oh, my God. I like a grainy mustard. And if you know me, you'd know that I'm not a lover of many condiments because I think they're too sweet and slimy. But mustard is like sharp and bitter. And it's, you know, really like um, delicious on everything. Try putting it in greens. Take your greens and then just add a plop of homemade mustard. It's so good. And also, ciders have really taken off. So, you can really like add a kind of a good cider that'll add like another layer of flavor wherever you are because ciders are really like, you know, dependent on what fruit grows in the region. Okay, huge hit of maybe the century is a recipe I found on the internet. You guys might have heard of the internet. I'll um, buy Valerie Bertinelli, giving credit here. It's for these marinated olives, and they're like, out of this world delectable some of the highlights are it's green olives those Castelvano or whatever they're called um and there's like citrus zest like lemon orange fresh thyme juice of some of the said fruits and then garlic and olive oil and like i could eat probably two pounds i'd be very thirsty the next day but i easily could polish off two pounds of those olives they're so good and you can like serve them a little warm and um yeah, literally every time I've made the recipe, thanks Val. Um, people have um, lost their gourd over it, and I, I agree. It's just too delicious.
0: They are sure. so good. Hold on, uh, Sorry, my <laughs> my uh, producer in training was licking his wiener while he- <laughs> <laughs> Hon, you. taught him well. <laughs> um, those olives are great, and you even brought them to a wedding. That's how classy they are.
1: I did. And I mean, they, yeah, they, it's true. They span the um, the range of celebrations from informal to, to formal. All right. All right. Okay. Next on the list, we're transitioning out of savory into a neutral and then we'll transition into sweet here. Um, so, and then one year as per requested by our friend, Beth um, homemade biscuit mix. I shan't use the um, name brand, but I, um, you know, you can do like a flour, a baking powder, cut in fat of your choice. If it's shelf stable, that's even cooler, then maybe it'll last a little longer and then provide the recipe on how to use it. Some hot ideas include make a shortcake, include a little shortcake recipe, um, a little pot pie recipe, just plain biscuits, obviously, cause those are so good. And then once it's made, it's really easy. You just have to add liquid, plop it on a thing and put it in the oven. This is the thing I think about cookie mixes, which are popular the mix is easy to make and then to give, but then really difficult to make at home. You need like four other things and nobody wants to do that. Like assembling the dry ingredients is the easiest part. Try maybe a gift where you do the hardest part and then let someone else do the easiest part.
0: Um, you know, it's a nice gift you gave me before I think was frozen dough of cookies. Yeah. Frozen. Yes. I was
1: thinking about this last night. Yeah.
0: Do some frozen dough balls. It
1: is perishable, but that's fine. The, Bake really well in a toaster oven, one of my favorite appliances in the entire kitchen. And then you can just have two hot cookies. You don't have to make the whole batch. Just a little hot cookie, just a little one. Just scoop them out with a tiny little ice cream scooper. Mm. Um, That's a really good one. Another thing I actually have given you that was weird but I think I could improve on was golden milk bites, droplets. It was Mm. like
0: sweetener,
1: coconut oil, turmeric, black pepper, and then just chill them in these little nugs you just drop them in some hot milk i would maybe like puree it so it was creamy maybe they're like latte balls Mm -hmm. they probably need a better name (laughs) um that was messy and um kind of fun um in along this vein in the beverage category today um hot chocolate mix Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: um a recipe that i used to use at a place of my former employment, was just equal parts, really good cocoa powder, sugar of your choice, and boiling water. Um, you think it's gonna not work, and then it does. And then you can add an extract or a flavoring of your choice, like cinnamon, peppermint. You know, get creative. Don't let me limit you. Golden milk,
0: mm-hmm. consider.
1: Um, that does need to be refrigerated, I've learned the hard way. Um, but it's so easy, it's vegan, and then you can like do whatever with it, it's delicious. Okay, we're transitioning from um, beverages into just other functional liquids um mystic shell registered trademark one of my very favorites from decades and decades of making it which is homemade magic shell which i'm really glad is popular now it's just a lot of chocolate no it's just chocolate with a lot of coconut oil you think (laughs) it's gonna be too much coconut oil but it's not like maybe even one part chocolate to three parts coconut oil, melt it, mix it, and then drizzle it on some ice cream and it gets really crackly and delicious. And you can add a flavoring of your choice, like peppermint, then a mint, almond? Almond? Am I, am I sensing a trend here? You know, I love to erroneous the so whole food trend. Um,
0: but wait, so how do you gift this?
1: you' like a little four ounce mason jar or something. And then it should probably be kept in the fridge and then warm to room temp as needed per use. But like, um, you know, maybe you make an entire uh, ice cream toppings bar kit to give someone who doesn't want that after the holidays when they're feeling oversugared an ice cream sundae bar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, are we saying chocolate as in chocolate powder or chocolate as in like baking chocolate or chocolate bar?
1: Um, like a chocolate bar or chips. Okay, cocoa powder is cocoa powder, and then baking chocolate is baking chocolate. So this is like already sweetened. Um, already probably likely tempered, um, but like a chocolate of your choice, you got a favorite tri- chip, go for the chip. All right, great. Maybe orange zest consider. Okay. Moving on. We're still in the liquids category. Um, this is a wild card. Haven't tried, but, um, had for my own self. Make your own herb tea. What? Just go to the bulk section, a little cami, a little pep, just mix it up. Why not? And then gift some um, herb tea to a friend, you know, and then you can like tailor it to what you think um, is appropriate for your season at your time with your friends in your place.
0: Like when Maybe. people give me tea, that's meant to make me relax. And I'm like, what the fuck is this supposed to mean?
1: <laughs> you like, what are you saying? What are you saying?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah,
1: that's exactly what I'm saying. Nicole. <laughs> um, so there's that one. Um, And then a little more elaborate, but highly delightful, is homemade bitters.
0: Oh, this seems difficult.
1: Um, If you're going to obtain all the ingredients yourself, maybe it's harder to get them depending on where you live. I happen to live near um, an herb purveyor, um, who is also my acupuncturist, who has kits pre-made, which are amazing grapefruit root beer digestive drinking they're just so good and then you just have the jar you add the booze you let it sit and then you strain it out and share it um but yeah then bitters really are just okay thing i learned bitters are originally medicinal because when the body tastes a bitter flavor it's the actual taste of bitterness um it like stimulates it thinks it's eaten something yucky and then sort of stimulates its digestion to um whatever get rid of whatever that thing is because it's like oh that's not a good thing but it actually in small doses or in minor ways can be really good for you so that's why it's supposed to help digestion um so it's important that it actually has something that tastes bitter that's why all those rooty things are kind of like classic ingredients but other than that those basics you can really tailor it to be like whatever you want so go grapefruit go you know fennel go root beer go chocolate go quince Whatever, you know, whatever.
0: I know you love, I know you love a quince. I
1: love a quince. And um, that wraps up this round of gifting ideas. This
0: is great. Do we have any other sweet ideas?
1: Um, not at current time, but I'll think of some.
0: Well, I do want to say that you have a marvelous <laughs> ginger cookie recipe that I believe we are going to be posting on the Sagittarian Matters Instagram page.
1: We're going to find it. and We're going to post it. It's true. Maybe even Mystic Shell and maybe I'll even share the olive recipe that's not mine.
0: Oh, my God. Please don't make my listeners Google Valerie Burtonelli. <laughs> I don't know what's going to come up. You never know. Um, Morgan, we have some listener questions. Okay. And then I will get to my top seven list. Okay. Oh,
1: I love the top seven.
0: Dear Sagittarian Matters. This is this one's easy this is a low this is an easy oh, okay. have you found a satisfying oat milk
1: <laughs> thank you for asking i mean oatly is pretty darn delicious do you have
0: it's a particular a- kind that you like <laughs> uh, oh there's one
1: called full fat or something and it's so good it tastes delicious i mean i think actually most oat milks are delicious to be honest but I think oat milk is I mean um oatly is like the creamiest one I've ever had and the most uh versatile.
0: I can't remember who makes it, maybe so delicious, but I've recently got I've recently acquired an oat creamer and Ooh. it was very expensive as far as creamers go, it was like three fifty which is you know a lot for a creamer if you're going from a trader joe's soy creamer that's a dollar 89 um but it was delicious and honestly i have been just buying a giant thing of oatly and using that for my yeah for my coffee i like oatly and i love that oatly full fat Mm. it also ends up being quite expensive sometimes but worth it
1: there's really been a flip which you know not to speak to the cheapness of the dairy industry because i you know don't don't love that but um the non-dairy stuff is like now become the premium. It's not like the second tier, it's not well anymore. It's like top shelf. So like all the non-dairy stuff is more expensive than the dairy stuff now, which makes me feel creeped in both directions, I guess.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Elise Miller, Robert Daniel, Michelle Lemoyne, Stephanie Mackley, Jill Pruitt, Tony Pinto, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, Christy Harrod, Jill Soloway, and Mary Pinson. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, in particular, producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $10, that's your business, a million dollars, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That's hornet, like the insect, leg, like its appendage, at gmail. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer, Ponyo looks forward to it, too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo's voice. Dear Sagittarian Matters, how do I survive Angoulême while also being vegan? So, good question. Angoulême, for people that are not me, is a wonderful international comics festival that happens in a small town in France called Angoulême. And when I was there, I feel like I almost got scurvy from malnutrition. So what I would say is pack whatever snacks you can and just bide your time there until you get to go back to Paris or something where you can go to a grocery store and get a vegetable. Um, Things I did, I ate nut butter packets. People in Angoulême, this was the harshest vegan experience of my life because people also, they don't eat dinner until like 10 p.m. So around 7, and all they do, they don't even drink water. They just drink cocktails and espresso. So wow. I would be at this table all day signing, and people would be like, you want a drink? You want a coffee? And I'd be like, water, please, please, water. <laughs> and then around 7 p.m., I would be so hungry. They would I would be like weeping, eating a little nut butter packet, and they'd be like, "Oh, she loves the nut butter. <laughs> Look at this. I, somebody tried to take me to lunch, like a guy tried to take me on a lunch date, and he was like, oh, and the only vegan thing, because nobody thought fish was not vegan, so that's what he ordered for me. And it turned the only vegan thing was tapenade, Ooh. and it was like an ice cream scoop-sized ball of tapenade with bread. And I just like, Whoa. my mouth was so raw from all I have, like oranges, espresso, and olives. <laughs> oh, my God. So bring whatever you can. For me, nut butter packets were really great. Um,
1: I will say when I traveled, you know, internationally, um, the running joke was that I packed a pound of peanuts in my bag and I love those peanuts. They're cheap, they're easy. You can just do a little sidecar pack. You know, nut butter is the same thing, but if you want just a pound of dang peanuts.
0: Oh yeah. I I mean, and honestly, like if you're made, the garbage truck is going on behind me, it's just gonna happen. But <laughs> if you're made to go to restaurants with people in France, I would just take the waiter aside if they speak the same amount of English as you need, try your best to just corner the waiter aside from the table and just tell them your thing. You know, no butter, no milk, no whatever. And just try really hard to see if they can offer you a, some side dishes or some kind of pasta with just the plainest of tomato sauce. Yeah, maybe that, practice those phrases in French too. I have a little it. card, have them written down. Oh, we tripian! If you don't want to speak it, you can play. But honestly, um, I got the Google Translate app, and so as soon as I was out of Angoulême and I was in Paris by myself, I could use my phone even without Wi-Fi to um, look at the ingredients of something and see if it was vegan. And so I just went to the grocery store. I had an Airbnb and I just immediately started getting vegetables and um, a lot of yummy vegan foods exist in Paris and bigger towns. But Angoulême is such a small town that do what you can and just know it's a short amount of time you will live. But keep yourself keep yourself going.
1: Yeah, I also found that in Paris, I really did think that um, the labeling of vegan stuff was really good. There's like a little planty sprout label that you'll see everywhere running Mm. joke which is like i don't know what's the american equivalent like panera or something yeah. you know it's just a chain but they have like good labeling tons of salad-y things if you're just like dying for a vegetable at that point you know pop-up is tray trendy so and i think the word for vegan is just vegan with an e at the end like vegan so it's pretty easy to figure out but i thought the labeling was pretty good and the internet is you know a, a wonderland of information yeah but yeah. Perry, Perry,
0: Perry, Perry. I do want to say some friends were like, I feel scared for you when I sent them a picture of, I was like, here's what I ate today. And it was like potato chips and orange and espresso. <laughs> and I even remember going to the Angulam VIP lounge because I was up for an award, which who knows if I'll ever be able to go in that lounge again. But I asked them for a soup and I did all the due diligence of like, no, no milk, no cheats, And they're like, sure, sure, sure. And then I got it. You could just taste It, it was just like, butter it was like a milk soup and i just was like Ugh, i cried because i couldn't it's just mm-hmm. even if i had wanted to that mm-hmm. much direct dairy fused into <laughs> your body after not eating dairy for 20 years it's just mm-hmm. you just can't even physically digest a- it without barfing so <laughs> okay Deer- peanut peanuts nut butter nuts dears had sherry matters if each of you was to open a restaurant what are some must-haves that would be on your menus? <laughs> this is specifically for you and me.
1: Oh, what a lovely question. Salad. I'm so sorry. It's boring. I love salad. And I just am always like when I go to a restaurant, but like hearty salads, like a good-ass salad. Um, if I ever go out to eat, I always feel like um, there's never enough vegetables. I mean, that's like just my 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 cry in life is like, where's the vegetables? It would just be like so many vegetables. I know that they're more perishable. I know that they're more difficult to keep around. I think if you do it well, it's worth it. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. What would I have on my menu? Well, you know, salad-wise, I always love to have a vegan salad with a protein. And not just chickpeas. Fuck off, chickpeas. Like They're delicious, but they're not offering any protein potential. So I was a
1: bit overdone. People can step outside of the chickpea. Open a different can.
0: Well, I like I really like a salad that has like a tempeh involved. Like maybe, yeah. like maybe like a buffalo breaded tempeh.
1: Wonderful.
0: With a delicious salad with like a tahini dressing.
1: Oh, does Nicole like tahini?
0: <laughs> um I love tabbouleh. If mm. I had a Middle Eastern restaurant, I would have a tabbouleh that had That was so green, you could barely find the bulgur. Uh, I hate uh, a tan. A tan tabbouleh is a curse. (laughs) A quinoa tabbouleh. Give me a break.
1: Give me a break. I don't want to see any more quinoa tabboulehs. I'm
0: over it. Bye, quinoa. Bye. Bye, Felicia, quinoa. Um, (laughs) Shut up. I
1: had these really delicious potatoes the other day that were... Imagine a Jojo, but, like, not a supermarket Jojo, like a really good sort of homemade version. So whatever that salty stuff that's all over the outside is. And then covered in sumac. Mm. And so good. Mm. Um, yeah. So maybe those. Someone else has already made them. I don't need to make them. But they were delicious. I would eat them on a salad. I really think all the nuts, all the proteins. Um, why not, like, crispy Yuba? On a salad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, tempeh crumbles. On a salad. With a nut. You know, you can have both. You can have everything. I love... Was it Seinfeld? Elaine uh, loves a chunky salad or something like that. The big salad. Heard. Yeah. Um, just, like, put everything on it. So, yeah, I might have soups and salads. I also love a soup with a topping. Croutons on soups. They're not just for salads, you guys.
0: Hmm. I... Uh, one of my favorite things from several restaurants has been their gnocchi. That's something I really Ooh. love. Uh, Little Pine and then R.I.P. Portobello. They mm-hmm. had really yummy gnocchi. Um, mm. That's something I would like. I would like. I want to tell you something. I just this is from my top ten list, but I am butting okay. in here. Okay. I went to Little Pine last night. Uh huh. Two things. One, I got my birthday cake from their baker. Her name <clears throat> is online is Peaches Bake Shop. If you are in the L.A. region. It was beautiful. It was delicious. Mm. But in their dessert menu, I've never gotten, I've lived here for three years, cookies and milk. It was one of the dessert options. I never got it, but I've always been cookies curious. And then (laughs) last night I got it and it was the best chocolate chip cookie. One of the best ones I've ever had. Whoa, I want it. You are going to, but you're going to make a face because it's so chocolatey and you are a chocolate chip cookie lover that is more cookie based.
1: I know my favorite cookie ever is a
0: chocolate chip cookie, no chips,
1: plus walnuts.
0: <laughs> Whereas my favorite one is basically just like a bed of chocolate that is crispy on the edges, yeah, and gooey on the inside. It's like a cheese crisp, but made with chocolate instead. It's kind of like like they're huge. It, this this dessert is ten dollars. The cookies feel worth five dollars. Whoa,
1: Nicole! And Whoa, Nicole!
0: Two Whoa. of them. Oh, that's nice. I know. And unfortunately the waiter was trying to do me a solid by giving me ice cream instead of milk, but I wish that I had milk. Cause I wanted to,
1: <laughs> because I, wanted I wanted to dip it. that guy. Ducker.
0: But if I you're, love. if you're ever at little pine, get that, even though it sounds weird,
1: get it. Oh, I will get it. I'll go there just for it. You know, another thing I want to say about restaurants, which wonderful, great support them. They're a really hard gig to keep going. If you like a thing, go there and try to support it. Keep it around. Um, But I love that there's fancy vegan restaurants and we've seen that, like, they can succeed and stuff. But I also feel like sometimes that middle range where you're like, I just want to eat a good thing that I didn't make at home or out in the world and I got to grab a thing and I'm not going to go to, like, a fancy pants, you know, reservation prefix place. And I'm also not trying to get bottom of the barrel, like, chips and salsa, which is delicious, but, like, not a meal and cheap. So, like, the middle range, is that called fast casual? Are we talking, like, Mm. Applebee's? I just like want a middle range. I want a little boost of energy in that zone again, where it's like just food that's just really good. It's not pretentious. You don't have to get dressed up. And it's also not like just the cheapest option or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, where you're like, I don't really feel like hanging out here because it's t- so, you know, cold or whatever. You know, like just some middle range restaurants. I think that's so cool and good. And like, it's a great opportunity for vegetables.
0: I honestly would like some more alternative rice[s] and noodles at a restaurant. If I owned a restaurant, oh,
1: oh my god! If What's I, an alternative rice and noodle? I can't
0: wait. Well, like a cauliflower rice as an option. I like oh, yeah. I like a, a weird, just some weird noodles. You got like your zucchini noodle or yeah. your shirataki noodle. I know that's controversial. Like just like a kelp noodle. Like I want some, like <laughs> Morgan's making a series of faces, but <laughs> as somebody who loves a noodle but has, you know, varying challenges with grains, I just want there to be other options and I'm happy to pay a little bit more for them. Just like I want, I like the option of having more vegetables instead of rice mm-hmm. at a place. And usually I have to be the one that volunteers that. But at my restaurant, Nicole's place, oh yeah, at George's is, at George's, <laughs> that will just be an option that's like on the menu.
1: Yeah. You want a zoodle? Just say it. We got the you zoots. Want a, you want a doodle? You want a boodle? Whatever it is. Do you want a <laughs> You to want coodle? a
0: squoodle? <laughs> I might. <laughs> okay, this is, a good, this is a good question. Dear Morgan and Nicole. Oh, wow. What are the ways you get protein without eating soy? Well, this person's talking to the number one bean fan in America. I
1: am number one bean lover. Um, I also like soy. I mean, so I will with the caveat I'll gladly um share my protein you know selections, but I'm a soy eater, I'm not anti
0: but i I feel like I know so many people that have a weird soy allergy, like a migraine soy connection or a fibroid soy connection, not me so um, we just watched that documentary about vegan
1: athletes, which is total propaganda, but like fine, whatever. And there was a whole spiel about how soy has gotten a wrap, like the phytoestrogen is actually not functioning in the same way that estrogen is. And there's all this like estrogen fear, which maybe is I'm misogynist, like yeah, yeah. Can we have that conversation. Great. Um, and so that the phytoestrogens actually sort of occupy the receptors and then the estrogen like does not overwhelm your system or whatever. It's sort of like, you know plugs in so that the estrogen doesn't plug in there instead. So it's kind of like functioning in an anti-estrogenic way. Is that possible? I made that word up. But, um, so anyway, with that aside, um, I think that we might see the return
0: of soy Mm. putting it up there. Um, While you're saying this, I'm going to turn off my beans, but please riff. (laughs) What are the ways you get protein? Beans, seeds,
1: nuts. Um, as someone that has like over the years, restricted my diet into the smallest, you know, Kind of like pathway. Then I found myself feeling worse than ever, so I tried to expand my diet as much as possible to eat as many varieties of, you know, nuts, seeds, legumes. Just eat them all as much as possible, and it doesn't have to be like a big gob of like. You don't have to just suck down a bunch of nut butter packets, but like you put to say? Pe- on top of your salad, put all the seeds or make a seed mix. I don't know the seed cycling thing. Maybe someone can educate me about what that is. I think it's for hormonal stuff. Um, Put a little seed mix on top of your salad, you know? Like, just eat small doses throughout the day on everything. I like a real mix of food. And also, there's other things that have proteins in them that we just don't know about. Like, vegetables do contain protein. I think they just get the reputation for not having them in there. Um, Mushrooms do have some protein. Not a ton, but, Mm -hmm. like, per weight of what they are. They're so delicious and so good. I need to tell you something
0: absurd that happened. I can't wait. Side note. I was at this cafe... And there, it's manned, it's, there's like, the owner is like a total anxiety maniac. And whenever she's there, the whole cafe, like, I have weird, like, PTSD (laughs) from having worked in the service industry. Because this woman's so intense that even as an eater, I feel stressed out. Where she's like, how'd you like that? She's like the person that's swiping the cup out of your hand as you're taking your last sip. I mean, she's like, you like everything? You like everything? Is it good? And you can tell, like, the kids that work there are so freaked. Because all the girls that work there are like 20 years old. Anyway, one day she wasn't there, but I was, I was getting a salad or something and I was like, what protein things do you guys have that I could add? Uh-huh. And then this girl's like, oh, um, you know, this, so she's like, or avocado. And I was like, avocado. I was like, oh no, no. Like protein. She's like, avocado has protein. Avocado is a great source of protein. And I, I said, I think I just said something like that is very questionable information, my friend. Cause I yeah. just was like <laughs> my, my young friend, like what the f- fucking hell are you talking about Do not, an avocado is not a you're someone's protein source I felt yeah. upset by this information being shilled by this person anyway that's all.
1: yeah not a sustainable eating plan for me I need more than avocado also avocados are um, there's like a lot of um, violence and dirty dealings in the avocado industry there are cartels oh. I learned so you know Check into your avocado sourcing. They're delicious. I love to eat them. Um, But yeah, they have become so profitable and now they're available year-round. I just watched an episode of a show called Rotten. It's about sort of the dark side of the food industry or the negative side of the food industry or whatever. And the first episode I think that I watched was about avocados. So I don't know about the sourcing of their information, but I have heard other stories about um, avocado cartels. So consider you know, and especially if you're vegan for ethical reasons, consider the source of your food. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: uh, the same person asked the follow-up question. Do you yeah. feel you need protein in every meal? No. I do. No.
1: Yeah. Feel- I'm a snacker. I and mean, also, yeah. this is just me. Also, everyone, do whatever you want. Eat whatever works for your body. I'm never going to tell anyone what to eat. I'm a total squirrel, so I literally will travel with a pack of peanuts, like, just and snack on them all day long um but every single meal no no way
0: I feel like I honestly feel like my nutrition feelings changed when I started having more vegetables in places where I used to have more starch and I feel like Mm -hmm. the vegetables are giving me more vitamin power pack for my buck Mm. but I do like but then the protein part the protein and fat part become important for me to feel full so, I will also have like a really dense protein shake in the morning, and I'll add some fatty whatever. Like, some I have actually been adding tahini and prunes to my morning oh, shake. Yeah. Um, I like having protein with every meal, but you know, it just I don't, I don't, it's not like in a way where it's like meat, the center of life, it's not like that kind of thing, but it is. I just feel like in order to feel full, I need a protein thing and I need a fat thing. And then I have my nutrition basket of leafy green. I try to have dark leafy greens every day if I can. Mm. Because I just feel like as a vegan, you just have to think about your nutrition a little bit more. Because you're doing romaine. it yourself.
1: Romaine. Romaine. I know it has E. coli right now, but just like try to find some good romaine. Uh, it's like my miracle food
0: for me. Um, do you, Dear Sagittariah Matters, this is a follow up. Do you eat lentils? Of course. And if so, what is your favorite recipe? Okay, lentils packed full of protein. Yeah. I really want to give a quick shout
1: out again to seeds. Nuts get a lot of press, but you know what I'm saying? Seeds. Seeds, you guys. Seeds. They're great. They're inexpensive. I'm not sure about the growing of them, but I think a lot of them grow in a really small area versus a nut, which it takes a tree and a lot more water. I, I really don't know.
0: Someone educate me on this.
1: Um, and they also have like a lot of really good oils, omegas and otherwise. Mm.
0: Okay, tell me, let's talk about lentils. I have a um, favorite lentil recipe. Google mm. this, curry brown butter lentil soup. Oh, we've talked about this soup. Okay, so this soup, you I saw a couple different websites that had picked up the recipe. One of them was called Food 52. One was called 101 something. But basically it's just, it's like you're making these lentils And you're making them taste good, and then you have this – and you add some curry powder, like Indian curry powder, not like Thai curry paste. And then you have your curry infused into your coconut milk on the side, and you're blending some of it. You have some of it on the – it just – it's so fatty and so Mm. proteiny, and then you can add greens if you want. So you get – to me, it's just like a nutrition and, like, comfort food powerhouse of salty, fatty – Proteiny, greeny goodness,
1: yum! This sounds delicious. Yes.
0: What's your favorite lentil thing, and what's your favorite way to incorporate lentils with a salad?
1: Oh my god, just sprinkle them the heck on top. I don't know. Um, there's no wrong way to eat a lentil. I love a smushy, pureed lentil soup, like a red lentil.
0: Um, I love a classic lentil soup. Um, what about like a making a patty out of some lentils? Frying? For that? sure. We tried a weird
1: lentil loaf recently. It was fine. It was good. It kind of tasted like stuffing, Mm. but like with lentils instead. Um, I really, I mean, I think there's no wrong way to eat a bean or a legume really in general. I don't, I can't think of any standouts that come to mind recently, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Have we tried a lentil dressing? Consider. What? I don't know. Is there some
0: kind of a creamy lentil dressing we could make? I feel really troubled by this idea. Oh my god, I can't wait to try it. <laughs> I mean, I honestly think anything, any this is a recipe for any soup. You just have onions, garlic yeah. with oil. Then you add a bunch of greens and some kind of bean or lentil. Make do it till every and some stock, first and some soy sauce or whatever. Wait, and then puree half of it. You're I don't done. Want
1: You know, I did have a really wonderful coworker who, um, was not able to eat quickly. And in our limited lunch break time, um, she would just make pureed soups all the time. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to take a page out of your book and do a breakfast soup. You know, like a smoothie is like, everything is so sweet. All the convenience foods, like bars and smoothies and stuff, they're all sweet. And sometimes I don't want sweet. And, um, so I did try some like making batches of like a pureed lentil soup, red, yellow, whatever, and just would sip on those in the morning as like a hearty breakfast and it was awesome you don't have to make them so intense if you have like a you like a chill morning food or whatever but also it's really nice because then you don't have to slam a thing in your face and then go to work or whatever if that's your schedule you can like I'm a snacker again I'm such a squirrel so like I could sip on it over the course of like an hour or two and then it would be like "Mm, I feel satisfied and now I'm ready to sit down and eat some lunch or whatever but It's a nice little warm,
0: um, savory breakfast plan. If you have an advice question for Sagittarian Matters, call or text our advice hotline, 971-361-9998. Leave a message. We might answer your question on the air, and we promise not to answer the phone. That is a Sagittarian promise that you can take all the way to the bank. What do you do to add some tangy salty umami to things
1: i mean my umami go-to is mushroom i would say you could do like i there's mushroom powders um funk wise i'm not big on the funk to be honest i mean you could do a fermented something else one year um i did an experimental cheese ball with um you know nuts and sauerkraut juice So you could maybe just use the fermented juice of something and then go with like a little mushroom powder or just add mushrooms, save the stems, make them into a broth. You know, I love to save everything. Um, But Mm. yeah, I don't have like a good one-to-one swap.
0: It's a great question. I'm saying like you got some soy sauce, maybe a little swig of some kind of very funky vinegar. A little tiny splash of, like, a maple syrup kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to think of, like, you know, something. Yeah, but there also are just actually vegan fish sauces. It's true. I mean, you could
1: probably, like, really put some seaweed in there if you wanted that fishy flavor, which I hate, but that's fine. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Maybe someone else loves it. Yeah.
0: I think that's i think that's pretty good okay hold on we got some more and then i have some more top 10s dear morgan and nicole what is your favorite vegan frozen dessert (laughs) (laughs) well nicole do you want to answer Uh, a couple things one you know my favorite local place is yoga Mm hmm. love it um I love that place because it's vegan froyo, but it's not too sweet. That's the thing with a lot of vegan desserts is I'm finding them cloying. I'm mm-hmm. just, it's, it's too much. Like there's other places around. It's just like cookie shit, cookie candy on top. And then the thing itself is just like a brick of sugar. It ends up being too much for me. But one thing that I always love that I haven't had for a long time because the recipe includes Palm oil at Trader Joe's, which I can no longer do, is a chocolate-covered banana slice. And that seems like something (laughs) that would go great with Morgan's Magic Shell, where you just slice up a little bananas, you put them on your cookie sheet with some, on some, whatever that paper's called. Parchment? Parchment. You drizzle your chocolate on it. What a yummy snack, like a chip. Another fun thing that's not frozen, chachos. Chocolate nachos. Oh. You get your tortilla chips. You mm. sprinkle a bunch of... Or you pour a bunch of chocolate sauce on it that you've made in the stove with some non-dairy milk and some chocolate chips. Um, mm. And you either have it hot or you put it in the fridge and have it cold.
1: Oh, my God. I would totally eat that. I love cornmeal in a sweet context. I love it. Love mm-hmm. it, love it. Um, I think I already answered this question earlier when I said... Ice cream sundae bar. I don't even care about eating that much. They're so fun, though, to set up and to participate in. And you can make it like a potluck. I really think it's so fun. So what I like in my ice cream sundae bar is a multitude of vegan ice creams, um, homemade mystic shell, you know, which is like crispy chocolate topping. I love to make homemade hot fudge, which this is going to sound gross, but tastes really good. I promise you. Um, brown rice syrup, which is like really thick, good cocoa powder, a tiny pinch of salt, a little vanilla, and you just mix it up. That is it. And then it gets like really that chewy kind of texture that, um, good hot fudge gets on top of cold ice cream. Let's call it warm fudge. Um, it's so good. And brown rice syrup kind of naturally tastes caramely in this Mm -hmm. weird way. It's really good. Um, graham cracker crumbed. Ritz crackers you know I love it salty sweet combo try a potato chip try a corn chip um I also really love just unsweetened hazelnut butter on top is really good why not bring a bunch of different kinds of salt to sprinkle um you know everyone brings something good and weird and then um it's I guess I love a food bar because then you get to have a lot of different little bits and pieces of everything. And then, you know, a bunch of different kinds of like maybe coconut whipped creams or other whipped whipped creams, or is anyone making sort of a whipped creamy thing out of aquafaba yet? Wondering. Only you. Ugh! I got to get on it. Maybe someone makes some little meringues. Mm. To on top of it. That's fun. So, it's so fun. It's so fun. Um,
0: okay, here I have a little top 10. One, oh. two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's only eight things. Okay. Top eight. One is that curry brown butter lentil soup. Yum. The other one is, on Thanksgiving, I made a tofu pot pie from the New Farm Cookbook. The New Farm Cookbook, if you are under age fifty, is a hippie, <laughs> a hippie, hippie vegan cookbook from the 70s, from a cult called The New Farm and or The Farm. And these hippies basically like it was like a lot of nutritional yeast cheese a lot of like smushing tofu with nutritional yeast and calling it a grilled cheese sandwich Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: they have a remarkable tofu pot pie recipe certainly you can find it online but if you can get your own copy of this cookbook there's a lot of bangers in there um it's so so good it's such a hit i recommend adding broccoli and making twice as much sauce as you think wonderful um, also, my other holiday go-to is uh, Pumpkin Cheesecake from the Post Punk Kitchen. Oh, yeah. Another Googler. You can Google that or you can get whatever. I think I might be – that's in Vegan Pie in the Sky, which is a cookbook that is very tarnished for me using it every year. <laughs> that's inside of a good cookbook. Both of these cookbooks are disgusting looking. They're covered in food. Mm-hmm. Yep. That means it's a hit.
1: I know my, I think my copy of New Farm is like the spine is split. The like nutritional yeast cheese page is totally stained.
0: I mean, the, the tofu pot pie is like cubes of tofu. Yum. Peas. Yum. Carrot, onion. I, I omitted the celery because I don't care about celery.
1: Oh, you know what? I want to interject.
0: Peas. They're a great source of protein. Are they? Yes. They are. I was trying they're to think they're... about what to do with the rest of these frozen peas.
1: Just eat them. Put them in a sauté pan. I've been doing it. It's so good. Put them on anything and everything. They're really great. They're good in pasta. Mm. They're good just on their own as a little side side dish. In fact, the other day I had a vegan sausage and peas for lunch, and it was
0: incredible. I want to get some more Miyoko's butter to sauté my peas. That sounds really, really fun. Um, a wrap I just made I wanted to tell you about was... Wraps are back, everyone. <laughs> I had I actually put it all in rice paper, which made it a little controversial because I needed something that could hold it together. Yeah, lettuce, some green, some kale that I had sautéed with just some salt and nutritional yeast, some vegan um, chicken nuggets
1: that I sautéed, uh,
0: and then some delicious tahini sauce and some pickled turnip from a place here called Zanku, which is a great place to get a Middle Eastern side dish.
1: Nicole goes experimental.
0: Mm-hmm. I,
1: I think this might be on the menu at George's.
0: At George's. A different <laughs> I love a vegan chicken nugget. They're good. It's fun to have them in the freezer because if you don't know what to eat, you're out of fresh things, then you that's look and you're like
1: and you're good to go. That's the other thing about frozen peas that's good is they just live in the freezer and you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Peas.
0: Give me some peas, please. please. Um Rancho Gordo beans. If people are interested in food politics or like supporting heirloom or small like small farm kind of beans rancho gordo is a company where this guy is a bean nerd and he basically like goes to mexico and goes to like the furthest reaches of farmland and finds small farms that are cultivating like ye olden heritage beans Mm. and like has and then he'll so you're you're paying a lot for these beans but they are Delicious, and it's fun to learn how to make them.
1: I also just saw that they have started to make other things, including pineapple vinegar Mm. and some chili salts or powders or something Mm. like that. They're expanding their line beyond beans.
0: I like that. Um, Mm -hmm. The little pine chocolate chip cookies, I already said. Mm -hmm. My new favorite drink is uh, an oat milk cortado, which is Mm -hmm. something that costs as much as a latte, but you get significantly less... (laughs) <laughs> like what? it is some espresso with just some milk on it mm. and it's like it's like a if a latte had half as much milk like it's a very short drink mm. but it's not it doesn't have all the superfluous foam of a cappuccino foam is really an 90s it's <laughs> an oat milk quartzitado quartzitado and then morgan your ginger cookies can you describe <gasps> your ginger cookies so people know what to look forward to
1: Oh, I love this. Sure. They're like as much molasses as you can fit in a cookie, I would maybe say. It's the only liquid in the entire recipe. I mean, save for whatever fat you're going to use. But um, it's just molasses. That's it. And I really like dark molasses, like blackstrap molasses. Also, little molasses note, um, for those who don't know, um, in a nutshell, the process um, for making sugar from you know raw sugar to white sugar is... I don't exactly know how it happens, but the white sugar is separated from the molasses. And so when you buy brown sugar, they just are using raw sugar that's been separated into white sugar and molasses. And then the molasses is added back to the white sugar, which is silly. So, um, but anyway, that's the flavor of brown sugar is molasses. So, um... It's really, really, really chewy and dense and molassesy, and then there's a little bit of sugar on the outside, so it's crispy, so yeah, crispy edge, really, really chewy in the middle, very molassesy and um that's I think
0: it. Yeah. That's one of my favorite cookies, and i I'm gonna try to make those or a gingerbread man as Ooh. my Christmas holiday gift this year because it sounds fun to decorate uh that's it sounds fun to decorate a gingerbread man. That does sound fun. Sorry, women and non-binary gingerbread people. Not interested this year. <laughs> 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 that's the rest of my life. True. True that. Um, Morgan, that's my, that's
1: my list. That's a powerful top eight or ten or whatever it was. Powerful top everything. Um, I think this is really fun. Also, like, Christmas, whatever. You know what I mean? Let's just celebrate that the sunshine is returning. We most of us have some days off and hopefully if you're working that you're getting paid extra, it's possible you're not, but I really hope for that to be the case. And, um, yeah, like also just for whatever reason, I like to do an end of the year gift or just like whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: Here's the thing I've been hoarding all year just for you. But this is a very Georgia thing to say. <laughs> Georgia's Morgan. Thanks for coming back on the podcast.
1: I love you, Nicole.
0: I love you too. And I love your palette. Ah. Love your palette. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Panyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.